welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. (laughs) Y'all know I'm crazy. (laughs) Welcome back to another episode of Black Girl Uninterrupted. It is nothing but hypnotic conversations on the misadventures and how I always seem to mess up the road to self-discovery, embracing the transition from girl to womanhood, being unapologetically Black, and you know what? We're definitely changing the narrative of these trials with my tribe. Black Girl Uninterrupted is a podcast for those marginalized Black girls absolutely worldwide. Things can get really deep, really ratchet, really fun, really clatchet, depending on what is the drink of choice. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Black Girl Uninterrupted. I'm your host, Kiara Amor, and let's get into it. I am so glad to be back, y'all. Y'all have no idea. Y'all know I always take these momentous breaks from you guys, but it, it all be for really good like content, I tell you no stories. Okay. So you all know I went home, um, back to the crib. Y'all know where I'm from. I went back to the crib to, you know, become a motherless person for the summertime. And, um, wow, it was very eye-opening. It was, it was somewhat, how could I say, relieving that not that I'm about to be, you know, kill this for the summer. That's definitely not it. Oh my God, I miss my baby so much. So it's not that I'm so happy to be kidless or to be without my son for the summer. It was eye-opening to see how people treat you when you actually do come back in town. And, you know, I'm just going to leave that there because I am a little saucy about some things that transpired when I went home, but it is all good. A couple of friendships was mended on my end because I'm a total jerk sometimes when it comes to my friends and I'm a little possessive, but hey, it was all for good, you know, good reasons, I believe. Anywho, I digress. Y'all know I got problems. Anywho. So I'm dropping my kid off for the summer and the whole week that I'm on quote unquote vacation, I am becoming somewhat of a worrisome mom. You know, I'm like, you sure you want to stay the whole time? Are you sure about this? You know, you can always come home if you really want to. And if you want me to come pick you up, all you have to do is just just give me a ring. Just give me a ring. Okay, just come on. And my son is just so cool about everything. He's he's not a worrisome kid like I was probably. He's more like a, oh, yeah, I got this. You know, just go ahead and pack your stuff and just go. Um, and he was just so cool. And he didn't cry when I left the airport. I'm so surprised unless he's not telling me the full story when he got into the car and I walked off. But hey, it is what it is. My dad got sick while I was there, guys. And and if you guys know and you guys are listeners of the podcast very frequently, I love my daddy. You know, I may not have had him at important life moments, 
But I genuinely love my daddy so much. And to see my dad in a hospital bed nearly broke me down. And it was so hard to finish that week's podcast, even though I had already did a segment and it was just difficult. And we're going to add that segment in because we are going to go to the ladies room a little bit later. That's a nice segment where I bring in one of my friends and we're going to talk about a hot topic for that week or that certain time period. So the ladies room is all geared towards you guys, but we're going to go back to it. So my dad is sick, you guys. And I'm thinking it's like, oh my God, my dad may not make it. Like, I'm so tired. Like, I don't want to lose anyone. I already hate the month of June because that's when I lost my brother. And it's it was already very fresh in my mind of hospital stays. And I'm just not a fan. So my dad goes into surgery. I wait around. They say it's about two hours. We wait around two hours. He comes out. He's all good. And I kid you not, every day since that surgery, when I was in town, I laid up under my dad. I'm so, <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know when does the daddy girl, like the daddy's girl uh, moments, like not be there anymore because like, I'm such a daddy's girl that my dad was sick. I came and checked on him a million times. I called him a million times. My dad is going back to work right now. So I'm like very, very nervous. And I'm just so, so concerned for my parents. And it doesn't hit you until that moment when you realize, dang, oh my God, we're getting older. And so is our parents. And Living in Miami is is kind of, and you're close to your family. It's kind of like you always are close to each, like close in proximity of one another, and you don't necessarily notice the changes within each other because you're always around each other, or you can you can always see each other with quick accessibility, right? But being so far away from my dad, like I noticed, like my dad is aging a little bit and my grandmother's aging and my nephews are getting older and it's starting to dawn on me like, oh my gosh, I'm getting fucking old. And this is some real, like getting old is some real shit. No one told me that it would come this fast. Like, who the hell told Tom to speed the fuck up? Because I'm pretty sure I was just 16 three weeks ago. (laughs) Like, nobody could tell me that I wasn't 16 three weeks ago. I, I just don't know where the time went. You know, and who the hell told Tom to add some weight? Because I didn't do this on my own. God damn, Tom. Oh, gosh, y'all. So after, you know, dad gets all healed and, you know, we get him situated the next couple of days, I decide to go out with my girl, Demira, um, mending that fence and mending that relationship that was broken for such a long time. It was so necessary to mend a friendship 
that is so precious to me because we were always good to one another. And sometimes the road take you in separate separate life paths or separate paths in life. And you kind of have to find your way back to one another if you separate. And it wasn't a really bad situation. It was kind of like, a oh, we grew apart as friends. And it hurt me so much to know, like, I'm on Facebook and I'm watching her grow and I'm watching her be amazing and I'm being amazing. And it's like, damn, I miss my friend. I miss my friend. And that was the friend that checked on me, that called me every day that I was there. You know, she was the one that, you know, went over to my dad's house and, you know, checked in. You know, it was amazing. She was the only person that really called me when I posted on my Snapchat and I said, damn, I'm praying for my dad. This is crazy. She was the only person that called and made sure dad was okay. That's just, that's just, hey, that's where I'm at with that. That was the only person that called. But I came to learn that time, we're going to tie this back into time. We're going to do this very quick because y'all know I get to, I get to go in there. Time and friendship means absolutely nothing. Time inside of a friendship means absolutely nothing if the people in the friendship do nothing with that time. Are you building a healthy friendship? Is the friendship reciprocated within those years? Is this just a one-way friendship? How is our friendship growing? How is our friendship prosperous? If a friendship doesn't have those elements, then your friends eventually stop calling you. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. But I digress. You guys, you know, I'm going to digress a couple slimes because, you know, hi, it is what it is. Um, And then I go out with my girl. You know, I have a great time with my girl, Demira. We go to Hookaholics Miami. Shout out to Hookaholics Miami. Very great concept. You go inside of this, you know, spot and you go on these small ass mini couches that makes your knees. First of all, Hookaholics. This is the only thing I have a problem with. Who the hell told y'all to get these South Beach low ass, um, these low ass couches? First of all, my knees ain't that good. Okay. And then I'm so low to the ground that it will actually take me nothing to start booty shaking close to the ground. You know, I could start scrubbing the ground from the couch. So, hey, <laughs> love the concept. The hookah was awesome. My server, uh, she was awesome. I don't remember her name, but if you remember me with a bun and flowery shirt, that was me. Love hookaholics. Everyone should go and check that out while you're in Miami. Uh, definitely try to Uber there because parking was just crazy, 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 crazy parking. Uh, after that, I really didn't do anything. Like I said, you guys, I checked in on my dad. Uh, that was mostly it. I screwed up one time guys. And we, 
we all screw up. We all go running back to penis that we shouldn't, you know, go looking at. And um, <laughs> I am no different. I am no different. But that's neither here nor there. Okay. Let's go ahead and go back to the next next, next topic. <laughs> Coming back uh, to Houston, it was very difficult because my house is super damn quiet. And it's so hard being in a, a quiet house. It's kind of almost like you don't even really live here. You're visiting because my son is extremely noisy. He has the TV on probably 70 sometimes. I constantly have to yell at him to turn it down. I constantly have to tell him to turn down the iPad. And my house is so quiet. I don't even know what to do with this. So turns out before I left, I found out that someone was shot and killed in front of my apartments. Now, my apartment complex did not notify us. And I am one of those people, if something happens in a community that I'm paying you rent in, I should at least be notified to be on alert of something that may cause harm to me or my child. I went away uh, with a lot on my mind about renewing the lease. The last episode, I talked about me trying to fix the energy in the in the house, me trying to just kind of get things together, but it does not seem like it's working or it's fixing anything. So no matter what I'm trying to do, uh, the energy is very, very off in the apartment and nothing's working, guys. So uh, while I was home, I was on the phone with one of my little bays or whatever. And, you know, uh, I just applied for this apartment and I applied, I looked at this apartment a while ago and the rent was $1,700. And I was like, if I want that, I'll just move back to Miami, right? But I'm not going to do that anyway. I digress. <laughs> and I went and I just said, God, please let this rent be within my budget because I like to keep my money. You know, I don't want to overspend on rent if I don't have to. And this location is one of the prime areas in Houston. And it's where all of the clubs, the bars are, all of the, the movers and shakers are in this area. They're, they're focusing in this area for it to be young, popping, and vibrant, you know. And I applied and I got approved the same day, guys. I am so excited. You guys do not understand I was so excited when I got the news that I will be moving in on August 1st. So I'm I'm just so happy that I could really change the scenery right now because what I'm experiencing in this apartment is just it's weird. It's it's almost it's almost a little just spooky now that I'm in the house and it's no noise. So now that there's no noise inside of the house, it's like, oh shit, I hear everything. And it's almost to the point where I hear, I hear 
knocks on the window and it's literally nothing on the fucking window. You know, it'll be, you know, cracks or like steps are being made. Like, I don't know who's making these goddamn steps. I just want out of this goddamn place. Even right now doing it, I feel heavy as as hell doing this podcast. I'm not even joking. It's It got really heavy in the room. So guys, just be very, very patient with me while I get through this episode. Um, It's just so hard being somewhere where the energy is very, very stiff. And you can tell past tenants left a very negative energy in the house. Um, So you guys just pray for me, P-R-A-Y, not P-R-E-Y. Pray for me that I get through these next couple of um, months, well, this last month and these last three weeks. So um, without any hard, you know, hard, hard feelings, um, I just get through these next couple of weeks and journey through them uh, positively. I am turning 30 (laughs) in the next four weeks, so I'm just super, super, super excited because my four, my 30th is coming up on the 12th of July and I just couldn't be happier. So I want a space where I can create more beautifully. I want a space that I can do multi-purpose uh, things with, and I can actually really love the space that I'm in. So shout out to all of those who've been asking me, what the hell have you been up to, girl? We missed you. I had to get y'all up to date on the things that's been going on. So with me packing and moving and trying not to die from Legos that's been left around the house, um, you know, basically wearing boots around the house, aka my Uggs. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Try not to die from Legos. Uh, I've been moving. I've been trying to be very great at work. It has been extremely hard getting myself disciplined while he's been away. I thought it was going to be super easy, but next week is a better week. I'm going to do a podcast on how, you know, it is best to get disciplined when you don't have no distractions. And I'm probably going to list one of my girlfriends to get into that with me. So without further ado, we got a little time to get into the girls' room. In this episode of the girls' room, my girl Nessa and I are talking about Megan Thee Stallion and Loving Hip Hop Miami. Yeah, going, uh, yeah, Loving Hip Hop Miami is being canceled. We're talking about that. We're talking about so many other things, but some new things have arrived, has arised, and we're going to talk about that next episode in the girls' room. So make sure you check out this segment of the girls' room. Me and my girl, Nessa, (laughs) we'll be right back. Girl, so what's been up with you? Well, um, I started my business 
Yay. I officially launched in March. I um, am the owner of Darker Posh, D-A-K-A-R, Posh. Um, Tag that shit. Tag that shit. Uh, yes. At Darker Posh on IG, Twitter, and Facebook. I am the owner of my own women's clothing boutique. And um, since March, I mean, I had my pop-up shop. It was very successful. I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of other vendors that came out, um, and they were uh, very, very, very talented people. I mean, I have um, one of my friends at Cosmo underscore Hippie. She sells soap, and she makes them naturally. Um, they are like some really great organic soaps. Um, I had another girl... Stylist Stitches. She's for the plus size ladies. She came out and brought some beautiful pieces. And I also had um, a hair vendor um, there. It was a great, great experience. I had black women owners that yes. were just, you know, selling, promoting their brand. And we made money together. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed every single last minute of it. I Shout was very to, like, happy. Female entrepreneurship. Yes. Which yes. is at an all time high yes. in the United States. So, Y'all talk about black women entrepreneurs who are changing the yeah. narrative. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And making, you know, black women on top in the levels of entrepreneurship over white men. How about that? That's a motherfucking toast. Shouts out to Supercent. Like, she is somebody who I follow for like a couple of years. And for some reason, she went off and her page wasn't there anymore. But she was on the Crown Case promoter, and I was like, she has her own makeup. It's really shiny. You know, I don't know. I was one of those, like, people who just, you know, just was like, oh, when she gets her page back or whenever, I'll eventually follow her or whatever like that. Yeah. She got her page back, and I always thought her makeup was um, very different. And I was just like, you know what? I love the fact that she's doing her own thing ever since she had her T-shirt line. And when she started um, her makeup, you know, people were skeptical. She had, you know, yeah. a lot of people doubting her. And um, after she came back on her page, I mean, I just started supporting her from there. Yeah. I just started saying, you know what? I really like what she's doing. She's changing the narrative for herself, for her yeah. son, for her city. And I just really, really thought that was an amazing amazing chance she took on herself because nobody would have known that she would have been as successful as she is she is like one of the biggest like black female entrepreneurs out right now she's making bank and i'm very proud of her um if you guys ever you know get a chance you need to check out her makeup and we just need to continue to support black businesses i'm all about black own businesses. Yes, changing our buying power and putting it back into our own pockets. Yes. Because a lot of these places that we shop at, you know, I just saw a post where Sephora is going to close down the stores for a couple days to create a more inclusive environment. But the problem is, is that we shouldn't even have to have this talk about promoting inclusivity and shopping motherfucker when i walk through the door i want to feel like just like everybody i want to feel like the white bitch greet me (laughs) greet me i'm spending my money too you know it's about the shopping experience i want to feel like i walk in to shop and to spend money i want you to give me that same energy yeah that you giving becky over there with the blind hair 
and who only came in here for lip gloss, but you're trying to upsell her to everything. I want that same energy. Now, I may, I may say no, because I know what I came in here for, but I want that same energy, you know? So I think by changing our buying power and just changing, like, you know, where we spend money and where we allocate funds for our own self can definitely, you know, put a lot of these businesses out of business. So. Yeah. And yes, to black-owned businesses. Honey. Yes, I'm here for it. I agree. I agree. Support your local black-owned businesses. Support yes. your nationally-owned black businesses. Mm -hmm. Everywhere you can, try to spend your dollars with black people because the more money we have in our community, in our environment, is the more money we'll be able to give our children start start generational wealth because we didn't have that yes and I, yeah we need to create those things we need to create our own jobs mm -hmm. we just need to create our own entire ecosystem we just have <laughs> just black everything black 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 everything, everything. everything. i'm here for that because you know one thing i just always i, I kind of like gravitated towards the understanding is that our parents didn't know no better i just feel like they didn't know no better like I feel like they was always thinking that the world was always going to be the way it was. So they didn't push us to think outside the box or to be business owners or to think about being a traveling, you know, blogger or some, you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that, that yeah. white people kind of create yeah. their own job titles. You that, know? That, that's true in itself. But I, I, I have to say, as a Haitian American person, my father was, uh, <clears throat> he was a drug dealer. <laughs> and so was mine actually. <laughs> so, it's about the Caribbean man. Okay, um, they get money. Listen, um, my father was a drug dealer and he was a big time drug dealer in Miami. Um, and I felt like he was a business owner himself, but he didn't stress enough the money that he needed to leave his children. So agreed. It, it's uh over about it's about over it's over like nine or eight of us mm -hmm. and we have to fend for ourselves. My father passed when I was 13. So mm. now I have to create my own business. I have to create my own income, my own revenue, my own generational wealth for my daughter yeah. and her children. And I feel like it's not fair. They didn't really think about it. And you're right yeah. in a sense. They didn't really like push generational wealth thinking that we would have it. A lot of times growing up black was like, oh, you made it till tomorrow? Great! Yes, you know, yes. that's why a lot of black people don't have insurance like that. They don't have anything because it's so... It's not... you. Like, I read this tweet where it said that white people take these adventurous, like, thrills and shit. Like, they go and bungee jump. They go yeah, swim with, swim with like crocodiles and swim with sharks and just do thrill-seeking things because... Uh -huh. Living the white experience is so safe that they have yeah. no thrill. And um, a natural human instinct is to feel unsafe. So it's to always be like, you know, just worried about yeah. something. And as a black person, when we get in the car and we drive from point A to point B, we are afraid and we're worried. And it's like a thrill to make it from one point to the next so white people they are so safe in their own environments that they don't even worry about shit like that so they have to seek thrills just to get a fucking kick out of life they gotta go bungee jump across like a bridge or something like that yeah. in order to feel that thrill because they don't have it and we live day to day like that so our future is not as secured as them you know yeah. what i mean so i like that girl but we got to change the narrative. We got to change the narrative to where, like, our kids can feel 
some sense of what they feel. Now, they would never feel 100% like, oh, life is jolly, jolly, jolly. No. Because we still got to like keep it real. Like, look, when you when you out there driving, keep your hands and you get pulled over. Keep your hands up. Yeah. Hands out the car. Yeah. You know, and it's crazy that I got to have that conversation, you know, with my son. Because I got a, I got a boy. He about to be 10. And then before I look, it's going to be time to teach him how to drive. Yeah. So it's going to be like, it's going to be hard to even even think about him going from point A to point B when I'm not around. That's you know? scary. So it's a scary feeling, but yes. I love that tweet, girl. I love that. Putting a little kick in my buzz. <laughs> On to a more lighter note. On to a more lighter note, girl. Let's talk about the Hot topics on social media this week. Some real shit. I know you love my girl, Hot Girl Meg. Yes. I see you are now a believer. Yes, I'm a hottie. Yes. I love that you're a hottie, girl. Hottie. Yes, you're a hottie. <laughs> Y'all know I've been riding with Hot Girl Meg for a minute. I'm a Miami hottie. Yeah. County baby all day, every and day. And you met Hot Girl Meg when she was down here. Yeah, she was down here for the um, Southwest Soundstage for our iHeartRadio. Mm-hmm. Um, I met her like on a 101. Um, it was a small event catered towards the people that were set up for um, just, you know, meeting her on a more personable level. She was absolutely amazing. She is a sweetheart. Yeah. I'm talking about, she was like, oh my gosh, I love your outfit, your makeup. You are so cute. I just love you. And I was just like, Megan, bitch, I got my makeup dressed What are you talking about? You look like your man. I love you. Like I love all her music. Like I just wanted to sit sit up there and rap the whole Tina Snow album for her ass. Like, ah. like <laughs> I just wanted to do that. Like, um, Cognac Queen is my shit. That is my shit. Like, oh my gosh, I just love Cognac Queen. Like Cognac Queen. Hey, Cognac. Queen, go get queen. queen. I'm on that yak. I'm in my yak. I'm on that yak. I want to dance. Go get your man before I put him in a trance. <laughs> Listen, hot girl, Meg, you got us out here acting up. I love okay, her. I she love it. She was amazing. I mean, um, I just can't wait for her to really blow up. Like Me too. It's her time. I feel like. You know, we've had those other rappers that came out with maybe one or two hits. I'm talking about her albums are like you could play through the entire thing without skipping a track. She's saying something, too. And she make women feel empowered. She make women feel sexy. Like, I get it. Her raps are kind of vulgar. It's intense. But it's something that makes you feel like I turn her on in the morning and I'm talking about it's six in the morning and it's time for me yes. to get up. I'm trying to get my daughter ready for school. I'm trying to get ready for work. And I am twerking to the bathroom at six in the morning. <laughs> and like, I got this. Come get the sex talk. 
Like, I'm just like, yes. I'm going to Let's say Hey, like, like I love her music because yeah. it's just something that makes you feel good. And she's saying yeah. something. She's not mumbling. She's actually rapping. She yeah. write her rhymes. She's um, lyrically on top right now. Yes. She lyrically really, she is, really is. And then she's also a smart girl. She's still in school. I'm praying for her. I'm praying that she finishes and just makes everybody in her family proud because it's, it's crazy that we actually have somebody who's going to be educated and be a rapper you know yes. we don't get that we, we we're, we're like regular girls we don't have our yeah. degrees we do our thing yeah. but we also have a little ratchet side honey yeah and we yes. got megan she's relatable she's very relatable because yes. we all have those like different sides of us that we want to either broadcast on a certain day and say, you know what, after work, I'm I'm this person. And while I'm at work, you know, I have to code switch and I got to be this person yes. in order to deal with corporate America. And I love the fact that Megan is just that bitch. She raps like off the like off the off the head like she'll sit up there and do her rhymes. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, um, Cardi, your time is up. I just feel like honestly. There's, like I said in other podcasts, there's room for everybody, but there's a new queen emerging. And the minute people just understand that it's okay for a brown girl to be on top. That's what I want. Like, it is okay for, I love Nikki. I love you. We all know I love, 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 love Nikki. I love Foxy. I love Kim. I love, I love Eve. Shout out to Kim for having her um, B.I.G. brunch. Yes. A VIG dinner b- birthday party because let me tell y'all something about little Kim. That bitch is a real bitch right there. And if y'all don't know about what little Kim has done for his children, for his family, little Kim has written Biggie's kids into her royalties. Okay, so when they weren't getting money like that from his estate and his things, little Kim royalties was feeding their family. Okay, little Kim to me was his wife. You know yeah. what I mean? She was his wife. So shout out Ooh, to Kim. Child. Shout out to Kim and everything she did to represent his legacy. Because when you love somebody like that and you lose them, I feel like your love for that person is still eternal. Like, I get it. That person may not be Hustling book, y'all. Hustling book. They may not be here, but you could still represent that person. Whether you're in a relationship or not with that person, was in a relationship, was married, that's fine, but mm-hmm. that to me is a beautiful, beautiful thing. I love Kim. I love Kim too. I love her. I mean, I just wish the flash of surgery didn't go too far, but hey. Oh gosh, back to Megan. Back to Megan. <laughs> <laughs> back to Megan. But I really, really want a brown girl to be on top because it's it's been very repetitive that we have the light skin girl, the light skin girl. And not to say like we're trying to do light skin, dark skin situation, but it is so important. For a lot of brown girls to see a brown girl yeah. on top. And I don't mean brown in ethnic or skin color, like you know, we include in our Latino, Latino ex or Indian uh family. We're not including y'all. We're talking about what our skin color looks like. Brown, mm-hmm. brown girl, you know, brown, not taupe. But, you know, hey, I'm just, I'm just, I love all, listen, I love all my Indian friends. I love, I have a lot of Indian friends. I have a lot of Indian friends, but let's be brown girl. We mean brown girl magic, AKA black. Cause we technically are not black. 
Yeah, you true. I'm not. I'm not black. I'm brown. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I'm black. Yeah. I'm black in words of ethnicity. Yes. But my brown girl got to be on top. Yeah, I'm Period. happy. I'm happy for Megan. Period. I'm happy for Megan. I am really happy for her. So back to Megan Thee Stallion, girl. So have you heard about this situation with her and Moneybag Yo? I've kind of heard about it, but you can elaborate. Okay, so it has been said. So before Fever came out, they were going out a couple nights ago. Well, not a couple nights ago, a couple months ago. And Moneybag Yo was at her new spot, you know, because after her mom passed, she moved into a different house. Mm. So this was one day she was going out. He Rest was at the house. Holly. Rest in peace, Holly. Rest in peace. Oh my God. Holly mom mommy. Was, yeah, her mom was a rapper and everything. It was everything. Uh, God damn, why you gotta bring that up? Sad shit. God damn, sad shit. Sad shit, bro. So Money Bag Yo is at her house or whatever. So she is twerking on him in the video. Hey. Hey, give him a little lap dance. We at the station. Skinny, look, skinny done popped out in everything. Ooh. Skinny popped out we in everything. Girl, we at the station. I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my so she's twerking on money bag, yo, or whatever. And it just, you know, the rumor started there that they were dating. Mm-hmm. So now it has come to our attention that her and Moneybag Yo are officially making it official when he posted her as his Woman Crush Wednesday Aww. on his Insta story. Yay. Now, I need to make a correction because last week I said Memphis, uh, he was a Texas rapper, Texas bread rapper, but he is actually a Memphis Native, so I need to make that correction for all the money back your fans out there. So, correction Memphis born money back yo, okay, is now possibly dating Megan Stallion from Houston. Allegedly, allegedly, mm-hmm. allegedly. Listen, 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 listen. But, like I said, this Wednesday, Memphis born uh, money back yo. Named the Stolly, his woman crush Wednesday in Memphis residence, had a mouthful to say. Some of the comments said, What about his girlfriend, Juicy? I was like, Juicy, who is Juicy? So, they Juicy from Miami, no girl, not Juicy, girl, <laughs> not Juicy from Miami, no ma'am. But it's this other girl named Juicy, she sells waist trainers and she's from Memphis. Mm-hmm. But they also said, Girl, what about 10 Carrots, who is a business owner who is very sexy? I've seen some of her pictures. Very sexy female. She's also pregnant by money. Stop. Allegedly. Stop. Pregnant by money back. Yo, at this moment, I'm just saying y'all hit it hurt her Megan. first. I was scrolling through the comments, y'all. I was scrolling through the comments. Megan. Megan. Then oh. on top of that, These it is said that him and Carly Red was flirting. Oh, God. Back oh, on his yes. IG live. I heard that. Mm. I heard that. It was even on the radio and they were like, was this an appropriate conversation for her to have? The way she was asking him, yo, where you going to be at? Where you going to be at? Where you going to be at? And my thing is, I mean, Carly maybe trying to pro- was trying to promote her event, but yeah. she is a thirsty ass chick. She, I mean, I love, like, Harley Red is like one of those people that... It's just old and just, you know, dry. You know, old and dry. You know, I thought you were going to say she grew on you or something. I love Carly Red, but you like do? she's old and dry. Like, you know how when 
you know, your cootie, your cootie just can't get moist no more. Like, I just feel like Carly Red Cootie can't get wet no more. So now she with Arkansas Mo, who allegedly dumped her after that conversation on IG Live. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like she can't keep it together. And her cootie is getting real dry because it's getting ran through way too much. Carly Red, I love you. Uh. Stop the bullshit. But what you think about her and Moneybag Yo, Megan? Stally. Um, I feel like with um those type of connections and in the industry, we all know like when a bitch is popping, niggas come out the woodworks and they want to be on her because they see her rise. Like just like yeah. with Cardi B and Offset. I mean, just like when Nikki was dating Meek Mills, like that was an advantage for the male rappers. The female rappers were on top. They were popping. Like, mm-hmm. nobody could touch Nikki when Meek Mills was, like, getting with her. She was, like, one of the baddest female rappers out. Was. So, I miss her. Nikki, I miss you. Yeah, we love Nikki. I mean, um, I feel like it's always an advantage for the males rappers because Moneybag Yo isn't that, like, He's not on like, you know, charts as far as, you know, main charts. Yeah. He's not on those charts. She's on those charts. Yeah. She's getting the recognition that he probably wants. So he's going to attach himself to her brand, to her name. And for her, she's thinking, I can't date a regular guy. Nobody's going to understand my lifestyle. Yeah. So why not date somebody who's in the industry who understands that I have to be at the studio with other niggas late night, who understands that I have to be on the road, I have to be at shows and things like that. Just like doctors only mostly date doctors because yeah. it's easier for them to date people who are in their same business, in their mm-hmm. same fields. So she's going to probably be more susceptible to dating him. However, I feel like don't do it. These niggas ain't shit. But you know, on MTL, it was, I talked about this last episode, it was article... Um, with a quote from one of her alleged close friends saying that Megan is in love with Moneybag Yo. Oh They've God. been thinking about starting a family together. Oh. And she's just really head over here for Moneybag Yo. And I told him, Moneybag Yo, if you fuck with Megan the Stallion, all us hotties hey. are going to fuck you up. We chopping it off. We chopping that dick off. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all for chopping dicks off if they don't act right. Oh my God. Chop the dicks off, please. They got to go. The dicks got to go if they acting right. If the dicks don't work, they got to go. If the dicks don't act right, they got to go. If the dicks not here and you you talking about the dick is here where the dick is really not here. Hand, hand, <laughs> wink, wink. Baby, oh the dick got to go. But that's a Miami thing. I'm not going to say too much. I'm just, I'm going to walk away from that one. Well, I hope he doesn't break her heart. Me too. And if I'll he so happened if he so happens to break her heart, she coming out with some real good shit. Yes, I fucking love. I, I, is it bad that we love when celebrities go through heartbreak because they know that we know they gonna give us some good shit? Listen, like Janae Aiko. Oh my god. Listen, I am. I feel really bad for Monica, but she gonna give me some kick down Ooh! your door and smack your chick shit. I want that back. And listen, I get it. Keisha Cole happy and pregnant, but. If she so happen to lose that little second baby daddy of hers and she come out with some banging ass hits, I'm gonna be right here singing them shits with her crying and breaking down too. Look, like, let me pull out the her whole playlist, please and thank you. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> let me pull out the her whole playlist. Listen, 
I was so happy when I was so happy when Mary J. Blige divorced Kendu. Oh my god, he was, was a fucking. He looked like a bulldog. Like, what the fuck is wrong with him? I hate him because he just did so. my doll so dirty. Oh, not motherfucking Mary J. I love Mary J. Blige. But listen, I just need that bitch heart to be broken. His side get some good ass music <laughs> because when a bitch so hurt, crazy. listen, when a bitch hurt, she give you all the number ones, and I just want to yes. hear some of them like. Beyonce did give us a motherfucker when she dropped Lemonade. Yeah. And I'm she not gave a Beyonce some fucking fan, free game. But Lemonade was great. Lemonade was it was it, it was really good. I enjoyed I enjoyed Lemonade. Free she gave us a lot of free game on Lemonade. She took us from here to here, like, oh my God, I'm about to check your phone. Oh my God, what the fuck are you doing? Don't you know nobody gonna love you how I love you? Oh nigga, you fucked nobody, up. Nobody, nobody. You fucked up. You no. don't know who I am. And then she goes to forgiveness and all that love shit again. Like, oh girl, you finna make us go from hating these niggas to thinking about forgiving them to actually forgiving them all in one album. Oh god. She took me on her emotional roller coaster, girl. I cannot. <laughs> I can't. Lemonade was too much for me. Lemonade I'm not. Lemonade was amazing, girl. And I love seeing her perform Lemonade, like, in person. Like, the whole album. That was amazing, girl. You know who else is amazing? Have you seen Ari Lennox? Ari Lennox? I know her from, like, way back. Way, 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 way back. Ari Lennox was... um, Keep going. Ari Lennox was one of the... um, soundtrack artist is well not soundtrack but more so i would say if you guys ever (laughs) watch this series on um youtube called close friends it was a really if anybody ever gets a chance go on youtube and um type in close friends these people are from south florida they black and um yeah ari lennox um was on the soundtrack uh for close friends and I discovered her on this one song that they put on there. And I was like, yo, I got to find out who the hell sings this song. It was called Cascade. And I was just I like, yo, this song is amazing. And um, when J. Cole signed her, I think J. Cole signed her, right? Yes, she is when with J- Dreamville. She is the first lady. female artist. Yes. On, y'all, y'all see I'm stuttering and shit. She we drinking. Was somebody who I listened to from all the way back in the day. Like I love her. I'm talking about 2013. Well, I didn't find out about her till like 2015, but I still love you, Ari. Graf went to go see her live. See oh that. my god! I, I really like enjoy her. Oh, it's like she's a fucking angel. Yeah, she's like her giggle, her laugh, just like her whole presence. Honestly, kind of like spark something in me to like bitch keep working keep grinding like mm-hmm. when you keep grinding you keep working it's everything else is gonna fall into place you know she's a sweetheart she's like a true testament like if you keep grinding you keep working everything is gonna fall into she's place she's on the grind she's been on the grind for a minute 
she's been on the grind for a real, 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 real long minute. So I I love to see people who's been working hard for a mm-hmm. long time get their just due and just get their recognition that they need. And I'm really Amazing. happy for her. And man, I J. Cole loves and adore her. Like every time yeah. she like puts out something, he's so supportive. So um I like to see that as well. Support, support, support your black ladies. Yeah, I'm so Girl, I go back and look at that video like at least four times a day. Oh. I don't know what is up with it. it like it was a really nice video. It was a really nice video, and it just it was a really nice concert, girl. But other than other news, girl, how shit that's going on in MIA, yo, loving hip hop Miami is officially canceled. And now I have a really bittersweet feelings about this because it was a really good opportunity for Miami to shine finally. Mm-hmm. But um, casting crew, you did a horrible job. You, I just feel like they did a horrible job. They picked people from Love and Hip Hop South Beach instead of Love and Hip Hop Miami. What do you think about that? Well, um, I kind of know a couple of people who work on the cast. Um, not the cast who like are on the cast, but people mm-hmm. who work with the people on the cast. Mm-hmm. So... Um, let me speak from a speak from a viewer perspective. From first. a viewer's perspective, yeah, I feel like they they missed the fucking mark. That's what the fuck they did. They did miss the mark, and I don't even want to say this, but I promise you that somebody in my um my community, <laughs> cool that. <laughs> That is on Love Hip Hop Miami. Yo, I see him standing outside with Dolce Gabbana shades on, mm-hmm. waiting for an Uber. <laughs> what you mean? Yo, the other day, I was just driving by, and I'm like, oh, my God. That's Buddy from Love and Hip Hop. This nigga was, like, in a Versace shirt, real loud, big-ass DG shades on. So you know that's Dolce Gabbana. And this nigga was just, like, looking around. And I'm like, you are so flashy. And you can tell he was, like, waiting for an Uber. I was like, ah, whatever. Anywho. No um, wheels still. I'm sure he has wheels. But sometimes I Uber to places where I know I'm going to get drunk. So I don't have to drive back. No oh, yeah, that's no for drinking. sure. No drinking and driving. No DUIs on this driving license record. Thank you. But um, Love and Hip Hop Miami, to me, um, the casting was bad. Mm, the I, casting was horrible. Let me tell you what they kind of did wrong with casting. Um, they placed people on the cast that were not relatable. That's for one. Yes. I felt like um, a lot of people from Miami didn't really support because they didn't see themselves as that type of person. A lot of people weren't even hip hop artists. Yes. A lot of it was intertwining the hip hop industry, but it really wasn't hip hop. Like, if y'all gonna cast people for loving hip hop Miami, cast niggas that's rapping, cast niggas that's in the game, cast their girlfriends, cast people like, Flow Kid. Yes. You know, I love you. Listen, people that are on the grind who are recognized, you know, by other um, hip hop moguls and industry people that feel like they're about to make it, that are about to come up. Let me tell you something. They needed to cast people who were really rapping. They needed to show their grind. They needed to show people who are really trying to get and bust out into the industry. Um, They had uh, Trick Daddy. Listen, 
we are not listening to no new Trick Daddy music right now. I'm really not. I just feel like he's way too fucking old to be like... Yeah! To just be talking about, you know, hood shit. Like, nigga, grow the fuck up. Number one, grow the fuck up. I love Trick Daddy. Always gonna be godfather of some shit down here. But at the same fucking time... No way in your 40s should you be talking about bitches popping pussy. Like, I think he's the mayor sit of Miami. Sit your something. motherfucking old ass that's down. Like, that's like forcing us to watch Uncle Luke again. Like, No, 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 bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I just, I just can't because I just thought that they would cast people. Like when they first cast Atlanta, when they first cast New York, they were casting people who were up and coming artists. Like we did not know about Cardi B like that unless yeah. you follow her on social media, which yeah. I did before she got on Love and Hip Hop. You didn't know who she was. Yeah. She was sitting up there begging DJ Self to put her Fuck on. DJ you know what I mean? Yes. But it was the fact that they were asking younger people, younger artists, people that were actually out there in the entertainment industry, in the hip hop industry to like get out there and promote their music to get yeah. their music to show that grind i did not see that i did not I see those like relationships i feel like they rushed a lot yeah with did. loving him by miami like i feel like they were just like looking for like people like the oh, most popular uh, people uh, in miami and uh, it's like first of all michelle pooch dj never fucking heard of her never i'm in I've been on South Beach. I've I've worked in radio for a couple of years out here at Power 96. I've never heard of myself, Michelle Booch. No. I've never heard of Madeline Negra when I was working at Power 96. And I worked at a fucking top 40 radio station. Never heard of Madeline Negra. Now, I've heard of um that other one who said the N-word, that girl, whatever her name Veronica. is. Veronica. Veronica Now I've heard her music before. And I was like, okay, wait. It weren't, mm-hmm. um, but I've heard her music. I liked it, mm-hmm. right? Um, JoJo, we got so many black boutique owners. Girl. The first thing you do is go to a Latino. Like, I feel like they was really trying to show that Miami is so Latino and black that it's yeah. not really white, but a Latino presence is more prevalent in Miami. So let's cast more Latino storylines. And then they just took this whole story of Mala Negra with a fake ass afro. Leave her. And- I do not, you know, I do not vibe with the fake afro shit because I would really like to see your afro do some shaping. How how can your afro one? How can your afro be the same size as it was three seasons ago? Listen, I um love. Sorry, baby, it doesn't work like that, baby. Sorry, baby. Sorry, baby. I loved her, and I think her storyline was very um. It was powerful. It was. It was, and it was um relative because yes, there's a lot of black. Okay, Hispanic people in yes. South Florida, and they deal with a lot of racism just as much as they deal with back home because there's a lot of quote unquote white Hispanics mm-hmm. that are um, prejudiced um, yes. against their own kind, and they feel as if they don't want to um, showcase, Ooh, you know. Hi, I'm and it's cold in here but the alcohol makes you hot but i feel like there's a lot of um really black latinos and um people who are of african descent um that in in the spanish communities that don't get the recognition 
Amada La Negra is very talented. Yes. She is a she is a wonderful singer. She is mm-hmm. a great dancer. Um, I loved her storyline. They all did it though. They did all it. They did all it. But I wish they could have shown more up and coming artists. Like Iceberg said he wasn't gonna do it. Iceberg said he was not interested in doing love and hip hop. That and was his worst decision ever. I think so too. Worst because decision ever. To expose him on a bigger platform like Love and Hip Hop would have took his fan base to another level. Yes. And it would have gave He would have he would have stopped being on his way, bitch. He would have <laughs> I love you, Bird, but still you, you nigga, you've been on your way for a minute, nigga. I'm just I'm ready for you to get to the destination. When the fuck the GPS gonna let me know when you get there? Yo, okay? I cannot listen. And I wanted um I wanted them to showcase um more rappers like um, Zoe Dollars, Zoe Dollars, Kid Omar, Flo, yes, Flow Kid again, that's Mike hometown Smith. baby, NB all day, every day. Um, Mike Smith, I think they should like add a lot of our radio personalities. They seen, um, they could have added stitches, stitches. Uh, you have Super Cindy, Super Cindy who has been doing her motherfucking thing since I was a kid. She was actually one of the people that. I looked up to growing up and like that was the light bulb for me. Like watching her, but also seeing her fall was a light bulb to me to see. Yeah. Like you could be on top, you know, one day day and just they take everything away from you. Yeah. But let's talk about the things that they did do good because you said the good and the bad or whatever for Love Love and Hip Hop Miami. I think Tip Drill was. A, a great decision yes. to put her on there because she's a Miami legend in the strip club industry. Yes. Um, Strawberry as well. I wish they would have showcased Strawberry's story more. I don't. She was never officially a cast member. She, she was like a guest. She wasn't. She was a friend of the show, but I, her personality, she funny as hell. That's what they she's went a wrong. bright girl. She's a bright girl. I wish they would have showcased the Strawberry more and gave given her a platform as well because I felt like she could have brought what love and hip hop is looking for that drama that intensity. she would have been a definitely a star. In- she would have been a breakout star in yes. love and hip hop had they would have let her go through that. I like the fact that they had gunplay. I fuck with gunplay. I love the fact that they had gunplay and. If they would have had a chance, somebody mm-hmm. like XXX Testacion or whatever, he's from Miami, that shit would have took another lit situation. Um, I don't promote, you know, women, violence, abuse against women, but his story and where he was going in his life, rest in peace to him, regardless of what he had done in his past, mm-hmm. um, his story would have made it a really good thing to um, pretty much, you know, broadcast as far as him trying to give back to the community. He was really trying to look out. Like, I feel like they could have get, they could have gotten, and I don't think he would have done the show because he wasn't really on that vibe, but they could have went in the direction of following more people in hip hop, more people in R&B. Like, they did the whole Pleasure P and Pretty Ricky thing. I appreciated that because yeah. I wanted to know why they broke up. Yeah. But that was like the only things was the gunplay um, the Trina in a sense, and um, I love Bobby Lights. I ain't gonna lie, I love Bobby. I love, 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 love Bobby. However, I felt like him and Prince's whole um situation, it just was like, damn, it was super fake. It, it was, was, it was, super it, was fake. it was fake. 
But it just made me feel uncomfortable because it's like, why y'all trying to make it seem like a straight guy and a gay guy can't be friends? Yeah. Like, why y'all trying to make him feel so uncomfortable that he can't have a friend? Like, I get it. It's a part of the storyline and his girlfriend was jealous. But it makes it seem like we can't coexist with, like, you know. Inside the black community with, you know, homosexuality and hip hop. Yeah. It's like we can't coexist. And I'm going to tell y'all something. It's a lot of people who brothers, cousins uncles, aunties, everything is gay. And we we go to cookouts and we hang out like normal fucking people. So don't make it seem like that. Mm-hmm. Like we couldn't be friends and we couldn't like, I know gay niggas that say, yo, I love this dude. This is my dude right here. And dude yeah. be like, I love that nigga. No, I don't give a fuck. You know, he like the fuck other yeah. niggas. <laughs> I don't care. I love that nigga. That's my motherfucking cousin. I'm blood. You know, I yeah, don't been around yeah. people like that. Like, why a lot make, of people. Yeah, why you had to make the shit so uncomfortable? So yeah. I think that made the show like it just it just didn't it, I don't know it didn't mesh well. But you know, damn. Hopefully we get another opportunity. Um, we get a new casting manager, uh, Mona Scott Young. I'm gonna tweet your ass. Uh, yeah, we definitely need to like think about bring us back. With bring a us different back. Way. You know, a bitch is always willing, Mona. Um, a bitch is always willing, <laughs> Mona. Just to let you know, because you know, a bitch will be a breakout star. You know, a bitch will be a breakout star. You know, I'm not hip hop, but a bitch is media, everything. Like, listen, you know, she be tweeting me back. So, you know, I might, you know, make the link, make the connection. Make the connection. Make the connection. You know, stock crossé. You know, Kisa. Kisa, I'm on the sky. You, you gotta What's work, up? You gotta, work, you gotta work harder than um Kardashian, mama. That right look, there. Look, I'm willing. God With, works hard. Sign me up, Mona. Sign me up. But sign me up. Mother Kardashian works hard. <laughs> look, I I don't even follow their franchise no more just because I just feel like it's culture just vultures. old culture vultures. Oh my god, that's the whole nother episode. Y'all, we gonna get into it right now. We gonna get into it. Wait, right wait, wait. Now. But did y'all see there was a freaking tweet? Kylie Jenner is selling skincare products where she's um using like you know face soap and things like that. This bitch had makeup on and a fucking filter, and she washed her face for all of seven seconds. This dumbass girl had a white washcloth, wiped her face. The fucking makeup was still on her fucking washcloth, bro. Trying to sell us face cleanser. Yo, and I bet you she gonna sell out. I bet you this bitch is going to sell out. Let's go to the next one because (laughs) I really am feeling very tipsy right now. And Sadvika, mango pineapple is now one of my top favorites. Y'all make sure y'all get it with some Dollar Tree pineapple juice. Oh, Lord. Don't promote them. They're not black. um, Savika. They Swedish. Oh, they Swedish. Swedish. They never did shit to me. Okay. (laughs) The Irish and the Germans. You got to fucking go. The Swedish. I'm Sweden. Like everybody say when everybody want to fight. I'm Sweden. No, that's Switzerland. I'm Swiss. That's Switzerland. Oh, Switzerland. Switzerland is neutral. Fuck that. I'm Swedish. <laughs> Cause this shit is sweet-ish. Okay. <laughs> Girl, okay. it is so fucking crazy. <laughs> 
I just love when me and my girl Nessa get together because we always have like really good conversations. Like the girl, let the girls' room was just really, really like popping with Nessa. I just love being in a ladies' room with her. That's so awesome. She's so cute. <laughs> I want to talk about so many things with my girl Nessa, but you know, when people be in relationships, they can't do certain things that a single people do. So <laughs> I'm going to just leave that right there. Okay. But uh, <laughs> the ladies room was popping with my girl Nessa. I just love her energy. She's so positive. And it's just amazing to see another black girl out here fulfilling her purpose, fulfilling her dreams, going for what's hers, being able to establish something greater than herself and being able to put people together in one room and just be amazing and be a blessing to other people. I wanted to talk a little bit about um, just understanding the journey right now and a couple of things I want you guys to get out of what I experienced um, while I was home. So again, I talked to you guys earlier and I said, you know, I didn't get to see, you know, a lot of people that I wanted to see and that I thought was going to be proactive in seeing me. And this is, this is just it. You know, sometimes when you are moving in a different direction and you're considering moving, you have to take into account that maybe just maybe things will not be the same when you get back. People will establish new friends. You will no longer be that friend that's in the city. So you eventually get replaced by other people. And it's, and it's, and it's, it's all a part of it. You know, I have so many people that ask me about, you know, what was the scariest part about moving when it comes to making new friends? Making new friends is literally the hardest part of relocating. Relocating and having a solid group of friends or associate that you have known for so many years and you haven't ventured off to make new friends even though I've been in college, I've been at two colleges, I ventured off and made some friends. Have I made lifelong friends? No. Have I met some friends that I feel like if I was in the same city or if I was in town, I could call them up and say, hey, boo, what's up? What's going on? I'm in town. I done touched down. What's good? Yes. Right. I've met those type of friends. But the type of friends that you have when you're in high, when you're elementary and middle and high school, or however you guys classify it these days, I don't really too much care about the particulars, but when you, but when you have friends that you've established over the course of your lifetime and you move away, a lot of your understanding of what friendship is, is now tested. So it's not to say, you know, to bash any of my old friends or to bash my hometown friends because that's what they are now, 
right? You have to be honest with yourself. You have to say, you know what, Kiera, it's like if you go home, they're going to be there for you. But at the same time, everyone is now grown. We're no longer 18, 19 when we can hang out all night and we can party and we can do all this. We have no responsibilities. That's not the case anymore, right? So now you have to find friends that are within your same uh, social status. Now, this is where it made sense when the caste system was created because people connect within their same socioeconomic groups, or they associate themselves with people that they're familiar with, or they have some some type of connection to, whether it be religious, or it could be, you know, they all girl bosses, or they're all entrepreneurs, or whatever it is that connects them, people connect, and they mingle with people within those socioeconomic classes, right? But when your hometown friends are there and you now move yourself out of the equation, what do you do? So here is my, um, I guess, tips to, you know, knowing that the journey of finding new friends, it's okay. It's scary as hell. It's scary as hell, but it's okay. You know, and a lot of it, is more in your mind than you actually know. <laughs> so you all know the story of me and Mika Means. Um, and it's it's such a funny story. But for those who don't, um, me and Mika met on a Facebook group. It's called Not From Houston. I don't think her or I are either active on this. Uh, I posted that I need a big ass drink and some ratchet music. And she responded to me and she said, hey, we're going to Showtime. It's the grand opening. Me and my girl is going, how about you meet us up there? Now, I was very skeptical because it was my first time getting out the house. I had just lost my job. I was a nervous wreck. I was probably close to having like a little nervous breakdown because I was unsure of all of the changes that was in front of me. I was only dealing with the trauma of what was going on in front of me right now at that moment but not looking ahead to see how things may turn out, right? So I go up to this this place called Showtime and I have a blast. From then, I was like, okay, do I call her? Like, you know, like, do I say, hey girl, like what you doing? That first call of initially like setting up another hangout situation was so weird, you know, for me, because it's like, oh my God, it's like, I don't hurt to think I'm trying to be her boyfriend or her girlfriend, but it's kind of like, I'm trying to be your girl. Like I'm trying to have a friend girl. Like I ain't got nobody out here. Like now, obviously, you know, I had a friend that lives here. My cousin, she lives on the South side at the time, which was extremely far, you know, in I wasn't comfortable with everything just yet. And again, it was so nerve wracking to get out and spread my wings. So 
I did it with Mika and I met Nisha. And those two have been my girls holding me down up here for the past two years. Now, I am going on year two of living in Houston. And I absolutely am still trying to figure this shit out. There is no time that I just sit back and I'm like, oh my God, it was just amazing. It was fun. It was amazing. Everything's great. Everything is awesome. Because it's not. It's not. Everything is not like perfect. You know, it's not. Nowhere you move to is is going to be amazing and have no flaws. You're not home. You're not with your old friends. You're not, you know, you're not in your comfort zone. So being outside of your comfort zone is actually okay. And I want y'all to know that it's okay. So if you're considering moving and you just kind of don't know where to start with making friends, I suggest if you are into this, now be very cautious, but, you know, have uh, activate some social media groups or social sites or go to some networking events where you can actually meet some new people. It could be beneficial for your personal brand. It could be beneficial for yourself. It could be beneficial for the kids. Uh, that will be something that will make your stay much, much more delightful than my first six months of living out in Houston. So a second tip I want to say, go explore the city. You know, I went to the Ari Lennox concert by myself and I actually met a couple of other podcasters. That is dope. Do not be afraid to go places alone. Go explore the city. Go see what it has to offer. This weekend is my weekend to go explore. Now, whether that's with Mika or Nisha or anybody, I'm going to explore the city because I want to get out and mingle and possibly meet new people. Uh, One thing that I've figured out that may not be a big thing here is making an effort with your coworkers. And when I say making an effort of becoming work friends and real friends, that's what I mean. I mean, when coworkers become friends, when that becomes your gal pal, when that becomes the bestie. Now, I've been at my new company for three months and I already have me a bestie because I'm just that dope. I'm that dope. And she's my complete opposite. And that's Sometimes what you need as an individual, sometimes we are always so stuck in what we think is perfect and what we think is ideal. And we only want to be around people that has this group think mentality that we don't decide to get out of our box and have different type of friends it's not healthy. No one should be in a situation where you always think alike uh, at all the times. Now, mind you, me and Miko, just, we have telekinesis with one another. I could be saying something and she'll text it to me and vice versa. It's crazy. That's how dope we are. Okay. That's how dope we are. All right. Another thing I think you should do uh, is 
<sighs> How can I say? Um, start going to a lot of cultural events or events and things that you like. So it's good to find people that have the same type of interest that you have. Uh, if you are going to a hair convention or if you're going to a natural hair convention or if you're going to an African diaspora, a drum circle, which I would love to go to in Houston, actually. Somebody tell me where it's at. Uh, <laughs> if you are going to one of those type of events, that's that's the time to connect, you know, and if you... And this is this sounds so creepy, but if you see a cute girl and you think she'll be cute as your friend, say, hey girl, hey, my name's my name's Kiara. What's your name? Well, don't tell her your name's Kiara, but that's my name. But you know, introduce yourself. <laughs> introduce yourself. Jump in, jump out, introduce yourself. You gotta get you, hey, you gotta, you gotta do it. If you're considering relocating and you have absolutely like zero to one friend. You got to get out of there, okay? You got to get out the house. You got to go to socialize, okay? And I want to say um, possibly this may be beneficial towards dating as well. Volunteer somewhere you're passionate about. If you're volunteering at a youth center or you're volunteering at a soup kitchen or homeless shelter or battered woman shelter, uh, definitely, definitely get involved if that's something that you're interested in. And you'll be surprised at the people you meet. You may meet CEOs. You may meet people that are like-minded as you. You may end up meeting someone that was meant to be a part of your journey. I have no doubt that one of my coworkers is a part of my journey. Just because we can talk about just about anything. And a lot of times we talk about the differences of her being a JW, a Jehovah's Witness, and myself just being open, being spiritual. And I'm a Christian, but I'm very spiritual. And in Jehovah's Witness, spiritual is, you know, considered something demonic because they just believe that, you know, when people die, people they they, they get on, they gone. They get it gone. Or, you know, they're either waiting to be one of God's warriors or they're waiting to fulfill the natural promise. And it's and it's so amazing that I can understand what she's saying and I can correlate that in understanding that it's okay to have friends of different viewpoints because it makes you think about your choices even more. Now, not saying that, oh, yeah, like I want to become a JW or anything like that. But it's good to have somebody to make you think about the, the things that's most important. Because I, like I tell her all the time, I just feel like everything is so similar. But we always find a way to separate each other by the way we want to serve and serve our God and and however you want to call him, but he is the great I am. He is the alpha, the omega, but 
I feel like it's okay where she's like, no, girl, it's not. You got to choose a side. <laughs> and that's okay. It's okay for someone to say that because she's like, no, friend, you need to get more solid in whatever you believe in because at that time, he going to be asking you to choose a side. And I'm like, dang, you know what? You're right. You're right. So let me get on it. Let me get, let me get on it. I've been slacking or whatever, but I want, I said all of that. I gave my tips to just say, it's okay that friendships don't last, right? Or friendships grow old or friendships, you know, grow apart. Of course, we always want to keep all of our friends all of our loved ones. But at the at the end of the day, the truth of the matter is, is that everybody grows apart. Now, just because we don't talk every day, just because we don't see each other every day does not mean we love each other less. We're getting older. Things are happening. We're living our lives. We have kids now. We have careers now. We have a lot, a lot of responsibility. Do not allow anyone who is not understanding of that, of your responsibility and of that notion that I don't need to be up your ass all day to be your friend. But when our friends who are the strong friend or they're the, they're, you know, the friend that moves away when they come in town, do not forget about them. You know, I felt a little forgotten, but it is what it is. And when you're making new friends, be open to friends. I came out here with a no new friends mentality. My bitches is my friends. Yes. But just like Ari Lennox said, like, I got all this stuff. I got all this amazing shit going on for me. But I need people. I need people. That's the the truth of the matter. You need people. You need people to connect with. You need people of opposing views. You need people that you have interests that can help you flourish in whatever it is that you're trying to do. You need people to help you get to the next position in life. You need people to help coach you and guide you through those trials and through those tribulations that you may be facing. So don't be so quick to be like, no new friends. No, baby. New friends. New friends. That's going to get you to where you're looking to be. Do not be discouraged to go out there and meet new friends. I get this question all the time. How are you making friends? And you don't know these people. I get up and I go get it, period. Period. Okay. But that's just my thing. <laughs> that's, just, that's just my thing. I just want y'all to know, like, making friends, it's okay. It's harder at 29 than it is at 21. It's harder at 29 than it was at 16. It's so hard at 29 to make friends because it's like, 
I've been with the same bitches forever. Like, how do I do this? How do I do this? And it does not make me look creepy. Crazy, right? But it will happen. People who are a part of your journey will be a part of your journey. Those who fall by the wayside, those who no longer seek interest in being a part of your story or your glory, they will fall off. And that will be that. Period. Period. And that's it. That's all I got for y'all. I'm done. just want to give a big big ups to everyone that's out there liking sharing showing everybody what i'm doing here at black girl uninterrupted the podcast hey listen if you are enjoying the podcast i want to get more user interaction going into the next steps of the podcast i want to be more visual i want to be more interactive with you guys i need some help Make sure you are liking, sharing, and posting the podcast. If you heard something that was very provoking and you loved it and you wanted to, you want to share it with your friends, you want to share with your mama, your grandma, and everybody else, and auntie and auntie and, and cuzzo them. Let them know about Black Girl Uninterrupted. Make sure you are subscribing on Apple Podcasts and also Anchor app. <laughs> making sure that you are keeping up with all the new episodes that are coming out. And trust me, I have so much stuff recorded for y'all when I was in Miami. But this episode is is so dope because we're talking about the power of friendships and the power of connectivity. So being able to share my ideas with you guys just helps me better and it helps me more, helps me be a better friend too, actually. When you, you know, sit and you think about the things that you thought was okay. And again, we're just trying to fix the road of self-discovery here. So, hey, like, share, post, Black Girl Interrupted. If you have a message you want to share with me, always hit me up on Instagram, BGU Podcast. Make sure you're following me on Instagram at cocoamore.bgu. If you are on the Anchor app and you want to leave me a voice message, make sure you're leaving me a voice message, voice message anytime on the Anchor app. I'll play it live here on the podcast. If you want to shoot your girl email, it's called be, uh, blackgirluninterrupted at gmail.com. While we're still trying to figure out how to create a website, I want to get some videos up for you guys. I'm working on all of that, how to do it. I don't want to post it unless it's good. So guys, I need some more user interaction from you guys. Let me know what you like. Let me know what you want to hear from me. If you hit, if you have a letter and you want to send it to me, send it to me. You want my advice on something? Hey, your girl is here. I am here. I have arrived. Get into it. Okay. <laughs>